Blog Talk Radio. How did you see the potential? 
you know, what made you make the decision to, to jump into the hemp industry 20 years ago? Well, uh, Tyler, it's a very interesting question. Uh, how I got into it, I was actually uh, attending college at uh, the University of Southern California back in the uh, very late 80s. And I was getting, uh, around the time I was going to graduate, and we had, in one class, we had to do a, uh, a report basically on anything we wanted to do, but it had to be an oral report in front of, front of the class. So uh, I decided I wanted to do a topic that I thought would be of interest to many of my college peers. So that particular year, they had actually discovered the receptors in the brain for THC. So they had actually figured out how THC interacted with the brain of humans. And I thought, being a biology major, I thought that was a very interesting topic. So I decided I would use that for my uh, report. And as I began to research more about uh, marijuana and uh, some of the properties, I kept running into uh, references to hemp. And uh, I had been familiar with marijuana, but I had never uh, heard anything about hemp. And I'm looking it up and I'm getting information, oh, they used hemp to make fabric before. Oh, they used hemp to make paper. Uh, they, you know, they used the seed or the oil. I thought, you know, I thought, wow, that's very interesting. I didn't know anyone doing it. I didn't know anyone doing it anymore at that time. And I kind of put it in the back of my head. Uh, then uh, a few months later, after I was out of college, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life. And at that time, I had decided that the best way to make money would to be uh, to start my own business. It seemed like that was right. you know, really the American way to do things and, and you know try to fulfill the American dream. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was very uh, interested in, in, in the environment and uh, protecting mm -hmm. the environment, and I figured I could merge the two, a business that would kind of help the environment or an environmental business. And I remember mm -hmm. one morning uh, I woke up, and it literally hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, hemp can do all of these things. I can start a hemp company. And mm -hmm. uh, as I say, my motivation was, wow, you know, I figured, wow, I'm going to be like a millionaire within a few years. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> so uh, it didn't quite turn out that way, you know, 20 years mm -hmm. later. But uh, to get onto your topic, there's definitely, definitely uh, money being made now and a lot, lot, lot more money to be made in the future you know, uh, for the people who get into it. It's kind of like the computer industry in its infancy. You know, nobody knew quite exactly where it was going to go, but uh, they knew there was a potential that was there. Absolutely. You're very, you're very right. And I think the time is prime right now. I think people are more and more open, receptive. I really believe the barriers about the misconception of what hemp is are now falling. And, and you, you brought it up you know, that you were studying the cannabinoid receptors in the brain. That's kind of how you got into it. So that's more on the medical side that actually brought your awareness to the hemp plant. So with that exactly. said, mm -hmm. what, what can you explain to our listeners, what is the distinction in, you know, 30 seconds or less, the simplest distinction that people can understand that hemp is not a drug and that, you know, marijuana or cannabis, is the drug aspect. Can you explain what the difference is to our listeners? 
Yes, absolutely. First of all, people have to realize that the uh, the drug part of it, or the edible, smokable, ingestible part, is basically it's the flower of the female hemp plant. Uh, hemp is dioecious, which which means it has both a male and a female plant. So the only the flower of the female plant uh, can produce the cannabinoids that people would use uh, to get the high. Now, uh, even taking that into account, when we grow hemp for industrial purposes, or when we grow cannabis for industrial purposes, we refer to it as industrial hemp. And yes, there's still a male and a female plant, and the female plant does produce a flower, but that flower is so low in THC that it's basically a non-smokable variety. You cannot get high. I mean, nobody can get high off of smoking any industrial hemp at all. Right. The basic basic difference between the two. The uh, the the the, yeah, the cannabis that's grown for you know medical or recreational purposes, they've been bred to produce a very high THC flower. Where our our cannabis used for industry has been bred for either the fiber or the seed. Right. So this this claim that law enforcement wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Do you think that's a valid claim? Uh, no, absolutely, 100% no is a complete BS claim. Uh, I have been all over the world. I've been to numerous countries that grow hemp. And, uh, you know, the law enforcement people there have absolutely no problem whatsoever being able to tell the difference. And, you know, if our law enforcement here say they can't do it, and I say, you know what, guys, you're being modest. Of course you can. You're not saying that every other police force in the world is better than you or can do it, but you guys can. Of course you can. You know, the, yeah. it, it's basically in these other countries, it's a non-issue. So let's just get right down to it. I know the topic today is the prosperity of the hemp industry, and we're going to get back onto that topic in just a moment. But I want to know... In your opinion, Larry, why is hemp illegal? Well, uh, the main reason, there's two theories, but, you know, I know the main reason. Uh, Some people tend to think that uh, business or industry is uh, against hemp, that, um, you know, the Hearst newspaper, he didn't want hemp competing with his paper, or that DuPont did not want hemp competing with their uh, synthetic fibers that they were producing, and that they somehow prevented you know, hemp from happening. But you know, to tell you the truth, that's not really true. Uh, as I say, as you mentioned earlier, I've been in hemp, had my business for 20 years. I've been involved in hemp for about uh, practically 23 years. And during that time, not once ever has any business ever told me they were against hemp? You know, whether it's the cotton industry, whether it's the petroleum industry, whether it's the paper industry. In fact, all the people I've ever talked to in any of those industries all were in favor of hemp. So, you know, I've never seen evidence that there's any industry against hemp. Uh, All industries benefit from using it. You know, so it doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. There is, though one group 
who has always been consistently against hemp uh, in the past and most recently, and that is basically law enforcement and the Drug Enforcement Administration. Uh, just recently, uh, there was an amendment added to the Farm Bill that would have allowed uh, uh, industrial hemp research in universities. And even that little thing, they had the DEA uh, passing out memos and talking points to uh, uh, congressmen, trying, you know, urging them to vote no. And you know, basically, you know, one of their memos and talking points was they felt that they wouldn't be able to tell the difference, it would make their job hard, and this and that. But as we mentioned earlier, it's not really a BS reason. Uh, the real reason here is they're project- protecting their own jobs industry. Law enforcement gets a lot of money to keep uh, basically marijuana illegal, and they're worried that anything that uh, would paint it in a positive light, including industrial hemp, might threaten that. Wow. Barry, you heard it, folks. Well, it's it's not necessarily industry. I know there's a lot of stories. Uh, there's, there's history books. You know, Jack Herrer wrote The Emperor Wears No Clothes and really – pioneered the hemp movement in these uh in the twenty first century and um or the twentieth century. And you know, there's the whole story about DuPont, Harry Anslinger, Andrew Mellon, um, William Randolph Hearst, the paper mills, the lumber companies, DuPont, you know, the chemical um petrochemical companies. Is that a valid story, Larry? Do you know that that um, the original reason that hemp was made or cannabis was made illegal originally was it was it due to petrochemical interests and lumber interests? Well, uh, no, sadly, no. And it's interesting. Uh, Jack Herrera's book. I uh, that one I got started. I did buy that book and I read it. And I knew Chris Conrad, who was the editor. You know, and even and I even helped edit a small part of one of the editions of it. Uh, when I first read that, I actually thought that was true, and I did believe, you know, that there was some, you know, conspiracy. But uh, here's the thing, you know, synthetic fibers were being invented around that time, but, you know, they would have been invented, you know, regardless of hemp, you know, uh, being here. And, yeah, synthetic fibers did replace a lot of fibers, but, you know, not only did they replace... Uh, you know, natural fibers like hemp, but also like cotton as well, or jute, or any other natural fibers that are out there. And even today, I would say there's applications where synthetic fibers would be superior and more uh, beneficial than using a natural fiber. But, you know, when people want something natural, when they want it to be environmental, uh, economical, and biodegradable, then, you know, hemp really is a good fiber. Uh, these you know, as I said, I've, I've met with, like, people of the cotton industry, people who are in paper, chemicals, and not one of them has ever shown any aversion to hemp whatsoever. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, back on to our topic. The, the hemp industry is over a $450 million industry, and that's just in the United States, according to the Hemp Industries Association. And hemp is a global, uh, you know, industry. It's it's all of the industrialized nations around the world, including Canada, France, England, Germany, Spain, Australia. All these different companies are legally growing hemp. They are 
you know, creating an, a, an economy, they're creating business, they're creating new products, and hemp traders actually just moved to a bigger and better warehouse. So obviously hemp can be a successful industry even in the U.S., even though it's not legal. So how big do you actually see the hemp industry becoming? Do you see it constantly growing, or do you see it going to fizzle out? What's your projectory of the hemp industry in the next, let's say, you know, 10 years? How do you okay. see it going? All right. All right, Tyler, that's a good question. Uh, right now, I would consider uh, the hemp industry is, you know, right now actually even it's kind of a niche market. It's actually very small. Uh, you know, uh, the word industry is a little bit misleading when we apply it to hemp because hemp is a raw material actually enters in and becomes the raw material for a number of different products for a number of different industries. But if we were to look at it just by uh, hemp in itself as like acreage grown compared to other crops, actually throughout the world it's still a small crop, uh, you know, uh, relatively speaking to uh, many other ones that are out there. But, you know, we have to remember that, you know, the country, the U.S. was probably the best innovator for agriculture and uh, agricultural productivity during the last 100 years. And practically 80 of those last 100 years, hemp was illegal to grow here. So we've never, hemp has never had any of the real advantages of modern, real modern uh, agricultural techniques and advances that have been made. Uh, so on, just on the fact of growing it, it's been at a disadvantage. Two, uh, since it wasn't growing here, nobody was using it to make things like the textiles. It was just easier to have cotton since it was already here. But now, uh, because of things that I do, because of what we're doing in other countries, we are actually making a lot of the technical advances that open up the potential for hemp to uh, many, many, many more industries. And uh, another thing that will happen, a uh, big kind of problem we've had is hemp, because it's, there's not a lot of it grown, it's always been a little more expensive. As more and more hemp uh, begins to grow, uh, more people begin to grow it, the cost of it is going to start going down uh, dramatically. You yeah, know, and there's going to be add things. And, you know, and that, will, and that means that the products, the raw materials become lower, which will then increase demand, which will, will then increase more growing of the plant. So, you know, it is a niche market right now, but as I say, it's like a whole new potential has been opened up uh, in the field of hemp. Fantastic. Well, that, that, that gives me hope. I know I'm in the right place at the right time. And, yes, um, absolutely. I, and, and that also gives me hope for our planet, knowing that we can build our homes with hemp, we can have our furniture made out of hemp, we can bathe ourselves in hemp care body products, we can eat hemp on, you know, to nourish our bodies, feed our brains, give us energy and, and vitality. And so uh, that gives me hope, knowing that hemp can become more affordable for more people, which will then, I believe, create more... Uh, I know it's, you know, a lofty term, but more peace on earth because we won't be needing to go to war to get these raw materials or to get these, you know, this energy source. So I'm, I'm excited about that. We'll be right back. Uh, we are with Lawrence Serbin with Hemp Traders here on Hemp Aware Radio. We're going to go to a 
small commercial break, and we will be right back. Thanks so much. Have you visited BullCampWarehouse.com today? Discover dozens of BullCamp products for great prices. Hemp seeds for your salads and smoothies, custom-tailored hemp clothing for your profession, hemp fabrics, hemp foods, along with hemp body care goods, and tons of other great items. Visit BulkHempWarehouse.com today to get the best prices and a huge variety of healthy hemp goods for you and your family. Hemp protein, hemp oils, hemp yarn, hemp books, and raw hemp fibers. Connect with us today and tell us what your project is and how we can help integrate hemp seamlessly. Just visit BulkHempWarehouse.com today. Welcome back. This is your host, Tyler Hoff, a.k.a. Tyler Hemp with Hemp Aware Radio. We broadcast every Tuesday at 11 a.m. That song was the late Robert Nesta Marley on the track, So Much Trouble in the World. And you know what, friends? There may always be trouble in the world, but our position here at Hemp Aware Radio isn't to fight the trouble or even focus too much on the trouble. Our intention and purpose is to provide solutions and to be solution-oriented and use the troubles of life as inspiration for how we can improve ourselves and improve our planet. And that's why I'm so dedicated and committed to hemp and, and spreading the word about hemp and planting seeds in your mind about consuming hemp on a daily basis, whether you're eating it, wearing it, writing on hemp paper, writing in your hemp journal, whatever it is, that uh, you're doing to consume hemp. Thank you so much. You are helping fulfill my dream in life. So we are here today with Lawrence Serbin, and our topic for today is the prosperity of the hemp industry. And, uh, you know, every business goes through challenges. And, Larry, I just got to ask you, being in the hemp industry and having this hemp company, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome with a hemp business? Well, yes. You know, having any business uh, has its challenges, which would be inherent in owning your own business. Uh, with hemp, we've had a few uh, special challenges to overcome. Uh, one, as I mentioned, uh, we're trying to revive an industry and uh, create products that either have not existed or existed a long time ago and haven't existed for a while. And so, uh, you know, in the beginning, 
there wasn't very much demand for hemp because there was just nothing out there. So uh, a lot of the products that we were trying to create or buy were extremely expensive uh, going back. And I'm going back to like around the year 1993, 94, 95 when I was just starting the business. And so, you know, the first question we'd have is that people would look at it. We sold hemp fabric, and people would look at it, and they'd be like, oh, well, it's linen. I'd be like, no, it's hemp. And they're like, okay, well, it looks like linen. How much is it? And I'd tell them, yeah. and I'd say, well, you know, I can get linen for less. Why should I buy this from you? So, right. you know, early on, uh, a lot, not a lot of people knew about hemp. And mm-hmm. so, that, you know, uh no one, you know, not a lot of demand because the price was so high. You know, I had to really try to find people who were, you know, into hemp who kind of knew what it was. Uh, also, our uh, selection. You know, I started off with like one fabric. You know, and you know, it's almost unheard of that somebody would go around trying to sell one bit of fabric. You know, to people, <laughs> and you know, little by little. You know, we added on, you know, then it was like seven fabrics, then I have like 10, 15, you know, now mm-hmm. and for just, you know, base some fabrics were up to like 55 or 60 that I have, you know, in our regular line. And the fact that wow. by now probably created, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of different fabrics. Uh, right. And then if you go, you know, if you go even further towards finishing, you know, all the different types of finishing on fabrics like dyeing, softening, washing, printing, you know, then it becomes virtually endless for what can be created with hemp. So, you know, right. early on we didn't have a lot to offer and the price was higher. You know, now mm-hmm. it's a lot easier because we have a lot more to offer. Prices are lower. You know, volumes, you know, are, are, are much bigger. So it's kind of been, I mean, it was an uphill battle. We've just kind of reached the top, and now it's kind of starting to go down. Awesome. So do you believe that one of the ways to make hemp more affordable and, and be able to compete with linen, uh, obviously it's it's become easier to you know, to 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 sh- to sell hemp in in an industry where people are uneducated. But over the last twenty years, people have seen hemp on mainstream media. They've seen it in the newspapers, and so people are beginning to question. With the you know, with the um, invention of the internet, you know, people are edu- hemp educating themselves. So, uh, my question is: Do you think once hemp becomes illegal to grow? Uh, industrial hemp in the U.S., do you think that's going to bring the prices down or are they going to stay around the same that they are now? Uh, I would say uh, both uh, uh, yes and no to that. You know, will will prices come down? Uh, If hemp were able to grow here, there's certain products that we can do here that we we, uh, could not do simply because of transportation costs. You know, for example, mm-hmm. I've made uh, hemp particle board, or not hemp particle board, hemp medium-density fiber board in the past. And mm-hmm. uh, while we can make it, and it's not a problem, my biggest issue is transporting it uh, all the way to, you know, the United States from China where uh, the hemp is being sure. grown. But right. uh, a product like that, if we were to make it here, all of a sudden, you know, since there's no transportation costs, it becomes, you know, a viable industry, you know, and we can do it here. On the other hand, I also import fabric. Uh, and the thing is about fabric is fabric has a kind of a high value, low volume uh, ratio. 
And if it's high mm-hmm. value, low volume, then uh, shipping things around are not so expensive. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that wouldn't make much of a difference in the textile industry uh, if we legalize it right. here. Although, you know, we do have possibly the opportunity to try to start something. Uh, sure. Where, you know, something like the board that's kind of or board or raw hemp material and it's basically low value but high volume, then uh, it makes sense to try to keep it uh, local. Local, right. So certain yeah, products might go here. down. Maybe the raw material price is going to go down because we're not having to ship the raw materials, and then we'll be able to manufacture yeah. here. Which right. not only that, it, what it's going to do is it's going to bring more jobs back home. We're going to be able to provide our farmers with a, a better opportunity to, you know, uh, nourish the land, nourish their nourish their farms, be able to do more crop rotation and and take care of the land and our environment while producing more um, job opportunities and, and business opportunities. So. Well, I, I'm so grateful, Larry, that you've jumped on the line with us today. It's been a pleasure to empower and hemp educate your hemisphere here on Hemp Aware Radio. We broadcast every Tuesday, 11 a.m. We have about uh, 60 seconds left. Larry, if there was one thing that our listeners could do on a daily basis to spread awareness about hemp, what do you think that one thing is that they could do? Well, I mean, if you really wanted to you know, spurn the hemp industry, uh, just go out and start asking for hemp from uh, your stores for anything, anything that you want, and uh, going out and buying hemp products that you may already find. You know, if, you, if you're buying clothes, you may want to go to the local Sears or Nordstrom or wherever you go and ask them if they have any hemp clothing. Uh, if it's Wonderful. an environmental store, you know, ask them if they want something environmental. Uh, that's the best thing to do to help. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Larry. And we are broadcasting from Southern California. This is your host, Tyler Hemp, with Hemp Aware Radio. Come check us out next week, 11 a.m. every Tuesday. We're here to empower and hemp your hemisphere because it's important. Have the best day ever because it is your choice.